Good afternoon and welcome, everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 97.9 ESPN Radio. I'm Jeff right across from me. My man, Director Matthew, producing the program. We're online, ESPNTallahassee.com. You can email the show if you like, JCS at 97.9ESPNRadio.com. Twitter form is at J Cameron Show. Hello, YouTubers. How the heck are you? Sorry about yesterday. I actually had every intention of making our way back on the airwaves. Of course, we were on the air for Seminole Headlines the day before. But I got a shingle shot. This is what I, hey, this is the beauty of old age. Welcome to old age, guys. You get uncomfortable probing and shots. That's what you get. And aches and pains out of nowhere along with poor eyesight. Hey, isn't this grand? It's all right. I kid. I complain. But I, I, I went in. I had an 8 o'clock in the morning. Doctor's appointment on Wednesday. Uh, I go in. I think, okay, all's going to be well. This could be great. Got the shingle shot, which they said, you know, you're now eligible for. You should get that. I said, okay, I agree. I believe in modern medicine and science, so I'll do that. I like to prevent uh, catastrophic uh, problems. Uh, and, and, and being that my wife, even though she's considerably, well, I say she's five years younger than me, a number of years ago, she got shingles. There you go, babe. Aren't you glad I shared that with the world? Uh, the thing is that it happened. She's incredibly young to have gotten shingles. Uh, but I watched the pain that she went through, the agony she went through. She was at, it was at a very stressful time in our lives, and she got uh, – it has nothing to do with us, but uh, something that was going on with her. And, 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 and I watched the pain, and so I remembered that, and I thought, okay, well, you know, I don't want shingles. Doc said, before you leave, would you like a shingle shot? I said, yes. So I get the shingle shot, Matthew, and he says to me, so you, you, you're vaccinated, right? I said, yes, of course. He said, uh, all right, well, did you have any fallout from that? I said, no, no, I'm double vaxxed. I'm good to go. Had no problems whatsoever. You want to give me more vaccination? Come on, let's go. And then he said, okay, he's good. Well, the reason I ask is obviously some people had, uh, you know, adverse effects. Sometimes, uh, you know, you get, you get that shot and you go, oh, God, I feel like ass. Guy's down for the count for like 48 hours, sometimes worse, right? He said, there's a chance with this shingle shot that you'll be hurting. Oh, okay, it was good. So I was good. Most feeling good. Everything was good. Also, bam, waylaid, blindsided, in bed, slept for freaking eighteen hours, off and on. But now I'm good and I'm here. Isn't that the way we wanted to lead the show? After a few days, you guys feel good about that? All guests appear via the Phone Hero Hotline. Phone Hero specializes in an iPhone and iPad repair. Two locations: twenty nine fifteen Cary Forest Parkway, eight thirty three West Gaines Street. Online at Phone Hero TLH. Dot com. You know, as I watched the Open, the 149th Open Championship, uh, I, I have to tell you, so we do this thing, and I'm going to get to FSU in a second in the NBA Finals, but we're going to start with FSU after I make this this point. So last night I did find a way to uh, for SiriusXM to do the one-hour um, Open, they call it Open Radio, just like it's Masters Radio and U.S. Open Radio. Anytime it's the week of an event, they a week of a major, they take on that that name. And it probably wouldn't have sat right for me not to do it on the week of a major. So Trey Jones and I uh, did that show, and I, and I'm glad I got to do it. But I in in prepping for it, you go back through and you listen to a lot of audio from the players' press conferences. And you watch things like Live From. You know, Live From is my favorite thing that Golf Channel has. Um, it's a lot like College Game Day 
only for golf. And it's had a, you know, it's taken on a life of its own. Um, that, that crew of people that hosts that in, in, you know, obviously Brandel Chambly and over the years they've had various players right now. It's Justin Leonard seems to be in the limelight the most, and he does a good job, but they've had David Duvall and obviously Frank Navalo has for years done it. And many others have come through there that you get their analysis and you get a different perspective of what it's like to play in these events, the pressure players feel, the venue, the fans, uh, and I love that. I, lo- I just love getting an idea of what must it be like to, to step foot on the grounds of Royal St. George's. 149th version of the British Open, oh, excuse me, the Open Championship. And I think that's that's remarkable. No wonder these guys covet the opportunity to, to win the Claret Jug because, again, you're putting yourself alongside uh, history that goes – I mean, when you consider sports in this country, really around the world, there aren't too many of them where you can say there have been 149 previous events. You know, it's just, it's amazing, right? At least not annually. And um, I get it. I get it. You know, you're looking at some of the great names and figures in the world of golfing history, uh, if you're able to win it and etch your name in it. But all of that said, my larger point is, the audio, while there is deference to the event itself and the value and the honor and the um, aura surrounding the event, how many quotes about this course began with, well, it's a quirky course. All these euphemisms and nobody, very few people wanted to come out and say, yeah, this place sucks. This is not ideal for golf. Well, one in particular. Yeah. And that would be Florida State's own Brooks Kepka, who refused to play the game and dance around. When asked about the course, Royal St. George's, he said, yeah, not my favorite. Not my favorite course. Not going to lie. Uh, played the front nine today and uh, a lot of blind tee shots, a lot of shots, uh, inexplicable lies after hitting the middle of the fairway. Not not a great place to play. <laughs> He proceeded to name the rest of the rota that he loves. Really loves St. Andrews. Yeah. <laughs> it was rich. It was great. And I appreciate that. Sometimes he rubs me the wrong way, creates controversy where there need not be or prolongs it when it's not necessary. But that was great. Just because I heard player after player after player step to the dais and get asked a question about the course. Of course, the locals love the course. You know, they, they hold it in high regard. There's much reverence to the place. And the local reporters want to know what the players from other countries think of this gem of a place that they hold uh, in such high regard. And those guys, knowing that the question is loaded, don't ever give an honest answer. And the Jeff Cameron Show PR firm is always listening very carefully to see how deftly guys are able to sideswipe that and answer the question they wished have been asked of them as opposed to what was directly asked of them, which is how do you like the course? Well, you know, you know, we play a lot of different types of grasses and, and you get a lot of different – and I'm like, no, 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 that's not what they asked. Can we – tell us what you think of the course. And Brooks was one of the first to just say, I don't like it, really don't, don't like it, not my favorite place to play. Knowing that the backlash would be pretty fierce for that, but I do appreciate the candor in that situation. Now, many others said what I originally pointed to, which is that it's a quirky course. Quirky seems to be the word of the day. Quirky. They're trying to tell you they think the course sucks. 
And the reason they do is because it's ancient, it's not laid out in any reasonable manner. There's no rhyme nor reason to why the holes face the way that they do. Modern courses are designed in such a way that maybe you're against the wind on the front nine and with it on the back nine or vice versa. They utilize the contours of the land in a certain way to test every aspect of your game in the modern course, right? They're saying, okay, well, we're going to mix in this par five followed by a par three, so you're going to go long club, short club. You're going to go with the wind, against the wind. You're going to do, you know, we got a right to left on this hole and a left to right on the next hole because we're trying to test different aspects back to back to back of your game. We want to know everything that's in the bag and how well you utilize it. But on this course... We got a cattywampus layout built a, you know, 160 years ago, and there's no rhyme nor reason to why the hell these holes look the way they do. <laughs> they didn't have the equipment requisite at the time to figure out the engineering to do what they do with the modern course. And sometimes there's nothing wrong with that at all. In fact, it's, uh, you know, I, I, I would say this. One of the things that I like about playing different courses all over the country. But even if you were to say, let's just keep it local. So I play Corn Country Club a lot. I'm a member there. I'm also a member at Southwood. So I'll go play Southwood. They're very different courses. Capital City Country Club, being as old as it is, its defenses are very different than Southwood's defenses or even Corn's defenses or Gaither. So all of these different courses and some of the legacy is is obviously the newest and uh, most elite course in this in the city, and it's an incredible place to play golf. And it is uh, kind of a a testament to the great holes around the country. Jack comes in and really, obviously, is there any more experienced champion golfer than Jack? No, and he takes the holes from around the world that he enjoys the most: a par three, a short short par three. Uh, uh, a, a really challenging long par four, and he incorporates that in his design here locally. So it's really neat. It's almost like you're playing a bunch of different courses. And if you're really well-versed on the famous holes, say at Riviera or wherever it might be, you'll know when you pull up to a hole, oh, he's probably, he kind of took the design here from this par three or that par five. And that's neat. You're going through the history of the game. And his knowledge of that and how they work together and how he could build that here is amazing, right? Because the land is different everywhere. I love that. And I love that, you know, Capital City uses – Capital City short, for example. But it uses the rough and it uses the land as its defense, you know. And so that's good. You want an eclectic mix. It's just, to me, when you get to these ancient courses and you listen to players talk about this particular one, where if you're not rewarded for hitting a good shot, if I hit the middle of the fairway off the tee and Matthew tees off and hits the same shot and he hits the middle of the fairway, relatively in the same area on the course, 10 yards one way or the other, we hit the middle of the fairway. As we approach our balls, knowing that we hit a straight tee shot in the middle of the fairway, both of us, within 10 yards of one another, it ought not be that I'm dead left in the fescue and you're off to the right. And that does happen a lot here. And you're really reliant at that point on a lot of bounces. And that rubs players the wrong way. They don't like that. They don't like knowing that I did hit a good shot here and I just got screwed. More than the normal. Golf is that way, though. Golf is that way. That's why you can never get negative. You can't, 
you know, you might get angry, but you can't get negative. You have to be like, okay, sometimes it takes a quirky bounce. It's played outdoors. We don't have perfect conditions. It's played outdoors. You might have hit a twig. I don't know. Things happen. You might have hit a sprinkler head. It can happen. So you know that. It doesn't happen at St. Andrews, though. (laughs) It was great. Since we last talked, since, uh, you know, last Thursday, I think it was, since we've last talked uh, on this show, I have not had a chance to address a couple of things that have gone on involving Florida State. I look forward to doing it next. Jeff Cameron Show, 97.9 ESPN Radio. I turned my camera on I cut my fingers on the way On the way The way of slipping away I turned my feelings on You made me untouchable for life The good and the bad. It's mostly good right now as we continue to climb at Florida State to try to fight and crawl to get back to where we rightfully, where Florida State fans certainly believe we rightfully belong amongst the nation's elite football programs, but yet seemingly a good distance off now. Every day you look for evidence. The offseason is spent vetting information in regards to the talent on the team, the existent talent on the team, how you're attempting to add to the roster. In my mind, certainly a big part of this is, especially as it pertains to the transfer portal, you're trying to find spots, yes, immediately where guys can come in and you have an upgrade in that position. They go out and play for you this year. Yes, you you want the immediacy of that. But also an element of that is bringing in guys that are accountable that have the right mindset, that are hardworking, that will buy in. And and most notably for me, yes, raise the floor of talent, but create real competition within each segment group. So you bring in guys that are going to elevate your overall talent level, but you also know that at the very least, these are guys that are going to come in. They're not going to be a headache. They're going to buy in. They're going to work really hard. They're going to set a good example. And they're going to create competition because within that competition, that's where the changes begin. And Florida State gets a transfer while I was away from Alabama A&M. And on the surface, when I say the good and the bad, I'm going to do the same when it comes to kind of this idea of the hires and the transfers that we've seen this offseason. You know, the, the hiring of Kenyatta Watson is what I'm going to get to next. And I'm very excited about that hire. I, it's a it's an absolutely huge hire for Florida State, and more on that in a moment. But you, you can see what's being built here. You can see what they're efforting to do. You, you can see what Mike Norvell is attempting to accomplish here. And I think what Florida State fans want to see beyond the wins, an increase in wins on the field this year, they want to see evidence that we're building towards uh, a level of elite play again that will hopefully – you know, come to fruition sooner rather than later. All of us are impatient when it comes from being bad and wanting to be good. 
You know, nobody, it's like losing weight. If you're 35 pounds overweight and you start your fitness routine and your plan to get healthier at Orange Theory Fitness, the way I have, the way countless others have, join that elite cult of individuals who wake up and better their lives at Orange Theory Fitness on a daily basis, you know that the first step in losing the 35 pounds that you'd like to shed begins with the first pound. A journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. And for us, trying to win 10, 11 games, compete with Clemson in the Atlantic, find our path towards the college football playoff once again, well, it begins with the stuff that you do in terms of turning your personnel around and adding to your coaching staff and elevate opportunity to bring in the elite-level players that allow you to ascend to that kind of record. But it's tough because being patient during the process is absolutely agonizing. Nobody likes to wait to not suck. If you're fat and you want to be skinny, it sucks to have to be fat for a while as you're attempting to be skinny. You'd like to go from fat to skinny tomorrow, but it doesn't work that way. And when you suck and you're getting your head kicked in every week, you don't turn around and make it to the college football playoff the following day, the next year. Doesn't happen. You don't find teams go 3-6 and six followed by 12-0. and 0. Doesn't happen. Very few circumstances or situations in the history of competitive sports see teams go from being well below 500 to the best in the country. Very infrequent. Not saying it doesn't exist, just very, very infrequently. So what you need to see are these data points, these, these moments in time where you go, circle that name. Remember this day, July the 12th or 13th. Okay, that's the day we added a significant member to our coaching staff who is going to help us in the Atlanta area, the Georgia area, get us get a foothold to get into those doors, those high schools, and recruit the best of the best. We got a guy. Or when you bring in a transfer player, you might say on the surface, Marcus Cushin is a kid that um, – Okay, does he make us better right now? I think so. I think so. You want to juxtapose that optimism with some negativity or a cold water to the face sort of splash? You're having to bring in kids from Alabama A&M to elevate your roster. That's a toughie. That's a toughie. I mean, damn it, man. That is a stark reality uh so you can all at once say we got better today by adding a kid from alabama a&m well that's something why don't we delve into that was it a case where the young man simply didn't have the academics and had to go a different route to football stardom get right in order to uh, ultimately fulfill his dreams of playing big-time college football? Well, he's a really smart kid that had what I think was, from what I read, a 4.0 GPA, so I don't think the grades and the intelligence or anything along those lines are the problem. So, no, no, that's not it. All right, so is it just that he's just – he's a player that 
is going to make us better because we're that weak along the defensive front and haven't been able to rush the passer. Yep, that's it. That's the answer. That's what you got here. Now, when I look at him physically, uh, he's a third down pass rusher. He's a a second and third and long obvious. Let's get off the ball and go get the passer. He's not, you know, I I think his path to Alabama Alabama A&M has more to do with the measurables or lack thereof than it does uh, any other sort of problem that wouldn't have allowed him to ascend to an elite level uh, right out of high school. So, like, to me, he's not big enough or long enough to have warranted consideration from the Georgias or Clemsons or Alabamas, Ohio States of the world. That's, that's kind of what it is. But what I do see is a kid who's pretty fast. He's pretty quick off the edge. And, man, how many times have you had to hear me prattle on and probably too many for your liking? about how slow we are off the edge, how there's such a lack of quick twitch uh, off the edge. It's why we can never get to the passer. We have guys that can set the edge, and I'm about damn tired of looking at them. That's great. Good. We've got edge setters. Mm. Do we have anybody that can get to the damn passer so my man's not back there eating a sandwich, waiting for guys to get open? On second and 16, on third and seven. Good, we stopped the run. Now it's second and long. Of course, last year we didn't stop the run with all those edge setters. But let's just say for the argument here that we do. And wouldn't that be nice? My goodness gracious, wouldn't that be nice? You wouldn't feel so violated every Saturday as to watch people run down your throat, emasculating as it is. To know that if you pigeonhole somebody, if you get them behind the chains, if they are throwing on second and third and obvious, you can do something about it. Yes, that would be satisfactory indeed. It's been a long time since I sat in the press box and or stood on the roof or sat on my couch angrily and thought, oh, we're about to rough a bitch up right here. It's third and ten. No, no, I never think that. I always think, watch this conversion. It's going to hurt. And there it is, 22 yards on third and 10. Ain't that something? There wasn't even a guy on the screen. I didn't see a Florida State player there. Of course, it doesn't help that he had nine seconds to throw it. So I think for Florida State, Jermaine Johnson the, the, the massive pickup this offseason, to see him come in and do damage in the spring, to look like that, to have that body type, to look like a legitimate, I mean, he's got his bona fides, the man-made plays in the SEC. So to see that is exciting. Now you bring in a kid who's not that, not even close to that. But he is a kid that I, th- I think, just from what I've watched, what I've looked at here, I do think he's a kid that probably helps you rush the passer. I mean, he, he, it may be in a limited role. It may be just when it's third and long. It may just be. But that's okay. You need those guys too. You got to have players. I mean, specialty players exist at every level. I mean, that's, that's fine. If, if you got one trick, if it's a good trick, that's fine. Is he a game changer or a Florida State going to suddenly be a a, a menace to opposing quarterbacks in a way that they weren't a year ago on defense? No, I I don't think he's that at all, and I'm not going to sell that to you in any way. 
I also think, and this gets back to the good and bad of the larger discussion as we you know, continue to try to build levels of competition and practice and accountability and upgrade the overall talent level of the roster, raise the floor, as I like to say. I do think the negative here is that this 100% means you're not getting a ready-made tackle. So the thought was certainly we were holding out, holding out. Something would present itself. You might get a chance to bring in an offensive tackle with starting experience, maybe even really high level of play. Of course, we made a run at it. Didn't happen. But, you know, they were hoping, I'm sure, that they were able to bring in a guy that they could that they could get in pencil in and, and start at offensive tackle. It's an area of desperate need, and, you know, we know they wanted to do that. But when, when, you, when you're unable to get your guy – and then you fill the last one of these slots that you have left uh, with this this player. You're you're, I think, conceding that that guy doesn't exist. You're not going to at least not in a way that you could get access to him and bring him in. Access, <laughs> yeah, not going to happen. But I don't I don't uh, I don't hate this. I just won't overstate it. Marcus Cushin, welcome to the team. Welcome to your role as a pass rusher. Now get after it. Uh, I'd give anything to see some semblance of a pass rush this year. Everything else about your defense becomes that much better when you can get off the damn field. Really, your team as a whole, your offense, your defense, uh, special teams, everything's better when you can get off the field. Now that goes without saying. You guys know that. You're football savvy. You're smart people. You're listening to this show, aren't you? You know the deal. But the, 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 the thing is, we just sometimes – when you're lacking it, when you don't see it, when it doesn't happen uh, in what feels like perpetuity, uh, you forget the impact it has on the game. You forget the impact it has on your linebackers. You forget the impact it has on your defense overall because they're not so tired early in the third quarter. They're not, you know, they have opportunities to make plays because they're not so run down by giving up 10, 12, 15 play drives all the time or big plays where their spirit is broken, where the overall belief in what you're doing is sullied within five minutes of the uh, first quarter because two drives, two touchdowns will zap that out of you. You got to get off the field. Florida State hasn't been able to get off the field. Maybe they've added some guys this offseason that help you get off the field. All right, now I paddled on long enough about that. I do need to make a point on Kenyatta Watson. I'll do it next. Jeff Cameron Show, 97.9 ESPN Radio. Don't let me hear you say lights taking you nowhere. For the most part, it's hard, hard, hot, hard, hot as Hades outside. Barano heating an electric. Get my friends uh, from Barano to come operate and help you out. It's uh, 
vital this time of year without question that you have uh, working air conditioning. Uh, you don't, you don't, you can't be out here half-assing. It's a, it's a brutal situation if you are. Barano Heating and Air Conditioning have uh, served the ESPN radio for some time now. Did I say electric before? What the hell am I talking about? I'm just rambling on. I need to get it together. Barano Heating and Air Conditioning. Uh, I just take things for granted. I did. You all know Barano. You know the deal. But I always bring it up this time of year as well as when we head into winter because you want to get, a, at the very least, you want them to come out and take a good look at your, your system and make sure that it is, it's, it's operating uh, efficiently and properly. And there are motivating factors for this. It's not just like a, a you know, system replacements or service repair, but they have a plan in place to save you money, and they incentivize it as well. There are ways to save money, and um, if you, you know, uh, enact those, uh, you, you protect yourself uh, long-term, and you save money while doing it. So uh, make sure you, you give them a call today or you check them out. Uh, give them a call, 850-580-4029, or go to baronoac.com. It's that time of year. Sometimes I forget, but it's it's hot out. Okay, so during the break, uh, I was thinking to myself that I was going to talk to you about the uh, British Open. Then I went, no, man, you teased something that was important. you got to get back to it, and that something is the hiring of Kenyatta Watson. And just because I read this while I'm not working or away from the office doesn't mean that I've had a chance to talk about it here. But, man, what a hire. What a hire for Mike Norvell and staff to bring him in. And we, we talk about how it is when, you, when you're lacking certain connections, whether it's in the state of Florida or the southeast in general, to these fertile grounds in which there's so much talent. How do you, how do you gain access to these kinds of kids in areas where it's of the utmost importance to have those connections, to have those relationships? Well... It's, it's making smart hires with people that have a proven track record and do have those uh, inroads, those abilities to, to open those doors. And Kenyatta Watson is that guy. And Florida State added him to their coaching um, roster, and he's the director of player relations. And it, it, this is a guy, if you just talk to people and if you've just paid attention, is as well-connected in the Georgia high school football circles as there is. It's absolutely huge. He's from South Florida originally. That doesn't hurt either. Of course, he played, played his football at Boston College. But this is a guy that um, he, he opens the doors. And so every time you look up these days, Mike Norbell – is adding pieces to the puzzle, whether it's what I just talked about with the roster, where you got to walk before you can run, but you add guys that make you better right now, or if it's with this coaching staff, where you add guys that, yes, they're a plus when it comes to X's and O's, they're a plus when it comes to uh, teaching the game itself, but also in areas of grave importance in the world of recruiting. And Kenyatta Watson is that higher. This is this is what like we say. Now we're cooking with gas. Here we go. You gotta have the keys to open the doors to get the guys. We don't have enough guys. No offense to these players working their ass off trying to better themselves and this program. I respect that. I'll root for that. I'll root for them individually as well as collectively. In fact, that's endearing. 
And I don't mean it in a bless your heart sort of way. I mean it in a, 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 an attitude of gratitude. I mean it in that thank you so much for committing to Florida State at a time when it would be easy to say no to Florida State. So I'm not belittling them. But obviously, when Florida State is operating at peak efficiency, they're getting the very best players in the country. They're getting guys that are considering Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, and your own conference, the ACC. That's who you're bringing in at that point. You're fighting for those kinds of players, and those fights are tough to win. You got to have the connections. You got to have the guy who has the relationships to reach the kids. You got to have a guy that can get dirty. And I'm not talking about fluffy Bisquick pancakes, although we all do what is necessary to win in life. So you got to have guys that can do it. And this is that kind of hire. That's what I'm telling you. You just got a guy. You got a player. And a guy that can open doors to get the elite players in Georgia is a big deal. And that's what Kenyatta Watson's hire is, a big deal. Haven't had the chance to talk about it. I'm excited to talk about it, celebrate it with you guys now, because I think when you're going through and you're looking at the boxes to check, are we getting better every day? Are there, are there signs that things on the horizon are going to be better for Florida State on and off the field in the very near future? The answer is yes. Again, it doesn't happen, as I said a segment ago, overnight. It doesn't happen that all of a sudden you go from being not such a good football team, uh, lacking uh, depth of talent to an overwhelmingly good football team that is competing for the highest of honors. No, that's not going to happen overnight. But the things that can lead you down that path quicker are these kinds of hires. And so Florida State now, when you look at this coaching staff, the way they're put together, and having a damn plan. You know, I want evidence at, at around every turn that there's a plan. A coordinated plan, you know. I've said this till I was blue in the face. Last year, the aggravation I felt while watching our sieve of a defense was that there was no buy-in, there was no accountability, and there didn't appear to be a plan. There was no coordination. Now, did I lay that at the feet of Adam Fuller in the sense that I don't think he's capable of implementing that plan and having his players play to it and look coordinated? No. I said that It was two fingers to my eyes, two fingers back to you time. But fully admitted that it could very well be the byproduct of a disastrous first year in which you take over a program that is fractured on and off the field in the midst of a global pandemic. I'm going to give you a bit of a pass when you don't have a spring to change hearts and minds, let alone scheme. I'm going to give you a bit of a pass that guys weren't doing what you taught them to do. Yes, the evidence on the field suggested that those guys didn't look like they had a plan or knew what they were doing. And then immediately what happens is people point fingers, and I did too. And you you want accountability. You certainly want to know why it is uh, that uh, we don't seem to look coordinated. Sometimes it can just be the most obvious of answers, that guys weren't bought in. Opt-outs were commonplace. Guys kind of mailing it in, going through the motions already mentally shot from the nonsense they had been through previous to Adam Fuller's arrival. 
There's ample evidence of that. So when I look for the check marks, when I look for the things that say we're improving and we're making right decisions and there's a chance we're going to get a lot better on and off the football field, this offseason, and it's I know it's lion season, as they say, but it's been just one check after the other. It's all of those categories of yes that you like to check. You know, you get these surveys occasionally, and they can be depressing. No, no, don't like that. No, 1 to 10, I'll rate that a 3. This isn't good. Other times you get those surveys, and it's, yes, service was outstanding indeed. Technician knew exactly what they were doing. Arrived on time. Easy to talk to. Very affordable. Yes, 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 this is a 10. So this feels uh, to me like an off-season that is a 10. Uh, maybe an 8. Maybe an 8. Uh, 10 is a bit much. But but if we had gotten a, a, a ready-made plug-and-play grad transfer or transfer portal offensive tackle, might have been a 9. Might have been, then you know, because we, we did do a lot to upgrade in areas of weakness, but we didn't hit a home run in every area. But this hire here, this is a great hire, another box to check, another sign that there's a plan in place, that they have a rhyme and reason for what they're doing. Okay, I know we're weak here. I know we're weak there. I know, unfortunately, all we're doing is talking about being weak here, here, and here. How do we better that right now, and how do we better that for the future? How do we get to where we want to go? It can't happen in one year. But here's what we have to do. There has to be an immediacy, and there has to be an overriding plan. Okay, so Norvell says, I'm going to get this guy and this guy. I'm going to offer this guy. And by the way, when we finally get the opportunity to break free of these restrictions and we can have kids on campus, we are going to do it up. We're going to make this an impressive place to come visit. If they're not impressed by the record, if they're not impressed with the uh, win-loss totals and the scores, if they're not impressed with uh, the, the lack of postseason you know, appearance lately, we're going to make them impressed when they get here and they see what we're about, that this is changing, that this can be so much better. And with your help, we'll get there. And here's how we know. Boom, 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 boom. Lay it out before them. Celebrate them. Reach out to the parents. Make that pitch. Have it be in earnest. Let them see the honesty in your eyes. Let them hear it resonate from your voice. And let them know by the hires you make that your long-term goals are their long-term goals. Certainly that's what you're saying to the fans of Florida State, those that give money, the alumni base, the boosters, the supporters of any kind of this university that love Florida State football, that go back and they want a reason to believe and they want a reason to attend and they want a reason to buy in to say, you know, okay, I can wait. I get it. I know it's not going to be a great year, but we're on our way to better times. We're on on our way to succeeding in the way that we think Florida State should, should succeed. And I, and I think that's what this offseason has been about. I really do. And now I, every day I get giddy. Every day I'm sitting here thinking, man, we are so close to camp opening up. Remember, next week is the ACC kickoff, ACC meetings. You get the juices flowing when you begin to get reports on players and coaches in this conference. Really, it's the same week as the SEC's kickoff. So if you're looking big picture and you're just a college football fan, which I would dare say anybody that roots for any team or went to any school is an overall college football fan, at least if you're listening to this show, you're a fan. 
And and so just think next week when you sit down, it may be surface level stuff, but you're going to get quotes from players. You're going to get quotes from coaches. You're going to get outlooks. There'll be a little bit of controversy. There'll be a little bit of humor, but there'll be the familiar voices and faces and characters of the game that you couldn't wait to hear from. It's all starting next week. And that's, I mean, that's enough to buoy you right there, right? You come off your sleepy vacations. Everybody had enough time at the beach or the mountains. Everybody feeling good about, you know, getting their kids back in school. Get the hell out of the house. Let's get to concentrating on football and get back to some regimented schedule. Well, it's about to happen. And it's been a good offseason. Hour number two forthcoming. Stay with us. Jeff Cameron, show 97.9 ESPN Radio. Get that's why.